When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Strange Familiars. I am your host, Timothy Renner. I am here with my lovely wife, Allison. Hi, Tim. My co-host. If you have a story that you'd like to share with us, something strange or unusual, an encounter with a cryptid like Bigfoot, a UFO, a ghost story, or if you have a story you think we should cover, you can email us, strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a voicemail number, which is... 717-347-8554. It doesn't magically spell out anything that would help you remember it, though. No, it doesn't. I didn't pay for that. (laughs) (laughs) If you have a short story and you want to get it to us quickly, that's the best way. You can call, leave a message. If you get cut off, call back and continue your story. That's not a problem. The number again is 717-347-8554. So tonight we are talking with Keith, who has a number of interesting stories, including seeing perhaps half a Bigfoot. I love these half a Bigfoot stories. Just all the legs. Oh, that's weirder than just seeing the top, isn't it? Oh, yeah. That's substantially weirder. (laughs) Yeah. Some ghost stories and more. So let's go ahead and talk to Keith. We are talking with Keith, who has several experiences to share with us. Are you going to go chronologically, or how did you want to do this? I can try to go chronologically. (laughs) I can definitely give it a shot. (laughs) Yeah, I opened up the email, and I was like, oh, I thought that, yeah. I, I got a refresher as to what happened. But um, the first thing that I wanted to run by, which was interesting, was the, um, well, I wasn't sure what it was, if it was Bigfoot or not. But um, down here, there's a, a road called Alligator Alley. I live in South Florida in Palm Beach County. And um, in the 80s, it was a uh, just a two-lane road. And I mean, now it's like, I think it's like a six lane. It's, it's someplace I never have to go and probably never will. <laughs> but my dad was a, uh, we, you know, we're swamp people, redneck DNA. And we used to go out in the Everglades and camp and fish and hunt. 
and we were driving out an alligator alley and a two like two it, it was it looked like either just i don't know a basketball player running at a relatively high rate of speed across the front of like where the edge of the um the headlights would go and i saw it and i thought holy shit. And I looked at my dad and I was like, did you see that? I was really young. He, was, he goes, yeah, I saw that too. And he chuckled and goes, probably a Bigfoot. Or no, he called it a skunk ape. Yeah, because the Seminoles out there call it skunk ape or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and so he kind of put it away like, well, that was weird. And uh, later on, I was listening to, it may have been your podcast, where people had... Well, it was when I first like even considered it as an interdimensional kind of thing, right? Like something that like pops in and out of our out of our uh, electromagnetic spectrum, mm-hmm. I guess. And um, I heard someone say it was on your podcast or another one that people had just seen like the top of it, right? Yeah, or yeah. or just the bottom, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was like. I started thinking about it and I was thinking about it while I was driving as I was listening to you. I'm assuming whoever I was listening to, it was dark out and I had my headlights on. I remember I was looking at the front of my headlights and I'm like, I would have seen the whole thing like headlights, right? Like it lights everything up. So that was that. And that was very odd. And as a kid, um, I was kind of always interested in like just weird stuff. So what did you see exactly when this... It was legs, but like you couldn't see any details, but they were really thick. They were like thick two legs, like running. So what made you think or or say basketball player? Was it the size of them, the the height? Yeah, because it was just like tall. Mm -hmm. They were like freakishly tall. When you see something that isn't like, that your brain doesn't know what to do with it, it kind of scrambles yes. and it looks for, and it looks for a place to put it. Right. It's why we say things like, Oh, it feels like pins and needles. It doesn't feel like pins and needles. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or right. like when in the, in the Bible, when they would say like a wheel when like now we say, Oh, it's a disc. Yeah. Yeah. That kind well, of I think thing. You, you run through a catalog of things in your head whenever you see something, because no one, even if you're out looking for Bigfoot, no one goes to Bigfoot first. You go through this no. checklist in your head and you go, what is that? Is that a deer? Is that a this? Is that a, you know, and you run down this checklist very quickly. You know, yeah. that's, that's why I said what I saw, whatever I saw on Toad Road, the first thought I had was moose. It didn't look anything like a moose, but that's the, fr- like the only thing my brain went to that's like, okay, what's that big yeah. that's in the woods? Yeah. In any case, so did you see hair on the legs at all, or did you? It was just I couldn't see that. I couldn't see that much detail. Mm-hmm. But but now, like in hindsight, knowing what I know and having the experiences I've had outside of that, it's like, I mean, it was so, <laughs> it's so funny. Even though I'm talking to you, and you have a podcast called Strange Familiars, I'm still hesitant. I understand. To say. You yeah. know what I mean? No, it's I understand so completely. Funny. I work in mental health too. So, so I'm like, man, do I say it? The only conclusion I come to is like some sort of an interdimensional being that was half here and half not here. And if I think of something bipedal, 
that would be in the Everglades and knowing what I know of the Seminole culture and the Mississippi, like all these Indian tribes down here, it was, it, it was, it was a, a skunk ape. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm still hesitant. Like that was, cause there's something about when you start talking about Bigfoot specifically that people shut down. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. talk about, yeah, you talk about spaceships, all sorts of stuff. But the second something gets out of the spaceship, or, you know what I mean? It's like right. people oh, yeah, totally. totally. And, and yeah. Bigfoot is, you're right, it's, it's yeah. one that, that's, to say. that's the deal breaker yeah. for most people. You can talk yeah. about little, little gray men even before Bigfoot. Yeah, you can sit and be like, man, I ate a bunch of mushrooms and I saw trolls. <laughs> I saw elves and people like, yeah, man, I will share some other crazy story with you, right? Mm-hmm. But you start talking about Bigfoot and boy, Hillbillies have ruined that one. <laughs> They've just tell the cable, cable, cable has ruined all. You can't even mention that stuff. They're like, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's so it. Was what was interesting is that as a kid, do you remember? Um, so I don't know if you remember. Time Life had this book series, like these black books that were like UFOs and all paranormal stuff, like pictures mm-hmm. from spiritualist seances and all these things. Well, my mom got them for me. What's hilarious is I grew up in this Baptist household and my mom was only trying to do things that interest me. <laughs> but turns out she just turned me, her son into a crazy person. <laughs> you know, by buying me books about like the Nag Hammadi or like, what, like the Dead Sea Scrolls. I'm like, she thought she was helping me. You know, like turning me into a complete kook. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, so I, yeah, so I always had an interest in that stuff. And that was probably my first, well, yeah, probably the first weird thing that I was like, okay, there's other things that happen here is that we don't necessarily understand but I never felt like a fanatic drive for it. It was just kind of like, well, this is what you do. You, you look for weird things. It was just a weird, strange drive for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Some of us have it, you know, for me, it was uh, probably the precursor to that time life series is the uh, man, myth and magic books. But uh, yeah, I've heard you mention that. Uh, yeah. Man, myth and magic. Yeah. My mom yeah. was, um, Catholic and everything, but it was she, she kind of thing where like there wasn't a bad book so much, you know. So, yeah. so they're just trying to help. So as long as I'm reading, you know, right. she's, good, yeah. she's good with that. So uh, yeah. I read all kinds of crazy stuff, all kinds of crazy stuff, and it did it probably put me on this path. Well, my my mom. The only time my mom ever questioned me was when I started. Uh, drawing the suicidal tendencies logo <laughs> you know and writing suicidal tendencies right and then, try, right. and then trying to draw eddie from iron maiden right yeah and finally she was like okay what's going on and then she just let me go so um that was my f- every mom has their breaking thing like for for me there was a uh there's a misfit song called where eagles dare that i used to play dude my dad is oh my god First time I heard it was on the Metallica Garage Band's Revisited, <laughs> Garage Days Revisited album, and I was like, that was my first introduction to the Misfits. And was it? No, that was Green. No, that was a different one. But Green uh, Eagles, there. That's what I'm. I ain't no 
yeah, yeah, yeah. All moms yeah. hate that song. <laughs> yes. Universally. That was, uh, but my, that was the thing. I listened to the most horrible yes. stuff in the world that was way worse than that. But I guess because it was clear and the chorus just said it over and over again, my mom just, it was like yeah. too much for her. She just did not like that one. Yeah, my mom had questions about anthrax as well. Like, what's, <laughs> what's this? Like, yeah, anthrax. So that, that episode with Bigfoot was um, probably the first, one of the first. The other, only other time I can think of is I have a, um, was as a young kid, was I had a cousin who lived in a colonial home in Madison, Georgia. And we went to visit her and they used to use the home. The home was on like Coca-Cola bottles at one point there, these collector bottles. And we went and uh, she was like, yeah, I had a psychic come. There's a little girl in the house and you could hear we're down the living room. We hear footsteps and stuff. And I, I don't know if it was just like an old house making noises or whatever, but as a little kid, we all went outside to leave. It's me, all my cousins, my aunt, uncle, my mom and dad. And I had to pee. And they were like, yeah, just go back in and go to the bathroom. And I'm like, with all the ghosts, why would I? And I made my cousin go in the bathroom with me. Mm-hmm. But like, <laughs> like after those two things, I just kind of really, really, really ramped up for me. So in chronological order, it was that. And then I moved to Gainesville. I moved to games when my first seven inch came out because I was from South Florida and like South Florida didn't really have like a punk scene or anything. So I moved to Gainesville and, um, <laughs> everyone lived in these old houses, you know, and everyone kind of had a, uh, a weird like experience. Right. So all of these, um, experiences, these paranormal experiences ha- are happening well, I guess my biggest drive was, was the spiritual end of things, right? Mm-hmm. So I got very interested in Krishna consciousness and uh, spent a lot of time at the Hare Krishna temple there and really got into the Vedic literature and really studied the Vedas. Like right now I'm going through the Srimad Bhagavatam again, for like the fourth or fifth time, but I'm actually going back through it after going through three John Keel books. Hmm. And now I'm like, okay, I want to go back through this because he references Garuda and a few things in some of his books. Anyway, so there was always this interest in spirituality, more just kind of understanding this experience as a person in the human body, because I never felt at home in it. It always felt odd. Nothing really felt like home. And as a kid, I never really had like an experience in church that was like the other people's. I didn't really care. But I was very active in church. Well, then one day I read a book called The Science of Self-Realization by uh, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, who was the Swami that brought Krishna consciousness or Vaishnavism to the United States, well, to the West. So after that, I was like, I got, I just don't, I was so interested. So I started reading all of the Vedic literature I get my hands on. Anyway, so all of this is kind of happening from here on out all of these uh, paranormal experiences are happening with this mindset of that we are not the body and something else is happening here. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So there's, there's, there's this always this, this, <laughs> the, to me, my mindset was always, this is a very thin layer of reality, you know, and that we don't have, we can't hear every frequency. We can't see every frequency. We can't, we're very, we're not very adept to our environment, I guess. And so 
I'm living in Gainesville. Uh, I was after my, um, I was after a divorce. <laughs> my first divorce was, so it was a, it was in a big house, relatively large house. I was in it alone. And I hadn't like the last part of my marriage. I was so unhappy that I wasn't writing at all. And it was like the second I got divorced, like songs just started coming out of me. You know, you're a musician, you know, that you hit those like little pockets. Oh yeah. Oh where yeah. It's like absolutely. you can't, you can't stop writing. Absolutely. You know, it's just like falling out onto a paper. And you're like, man, this is great. Cause you do know about those times where like it stops coming and you yes. almost panic. Oh yeah. Like, Holy yeah. Shit. yeah. Yeah. There was, the, I, <laughs> yeah. am I done? Am I done? Have, have I written my yeah. last song? Yeah. <laughs> That's, and it sounds crazy to somebody outside of that, but it's so real to think like, did I just wring the rag dry? Mm-hmm. Was that it? You know, so there's a slight panic there every time. So I'm in this situation. Uh, I had um, just garage band and some, and like a little interface and stuff. And I started recording some songs and I was writing them for a person I didn't know. Like I just had this like, this feeling that there's this person that I was writing these things for. It was very strange. So I'm writing and there was a lamp in my room. It has like a toggle switch. It's not a button, right? When electrical like phenomena happens and there's a button involved or some sort of, you know what I mean? I'm talking about like, I, I don't really get excited. Yeah. If it's something if so, like a make and break right. switch that can be real, you know, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I don't, I don't get really wound up like, Hey, or whatever. But when it's a toggle switch, I start out I was like, okay. So I was sitting there and this lamp was behind me. And every time it didn't happen right when I started recording for the first time, a couple days in, I'd start playing and this light would pop on. And I'd look back and I think, you know, you run through the things, right? Like, did I see that? Was it on the whole time? Mm-hmm. And so I went over and I just turned it off, went back to recording and it kept happening and I just got a chill like, holy shit. And after that day, I wrote something to you about the TV playing games with the TV. Mm-hmm. Here is where my button pushing thing or button pressing thing, like <laughs> this is the exception. So I knew that my ex-wife would use the TV like an alarm that it would turn off and on at certain times. And I didn't, it wasn't, by the time we split up, we were in different parts of the house. We were just roommates. We lived together, separated for a while. I didn't know what she'd done with this TV. So I'm in the back of the house and I hear the TV come on. I'm like, what the hell? So I go up front, TV's on in her room. And I walk over and I just turn it off. And I was like, well, that's weird. She probably had it as an alarm or something. She didn't set the TV as an alarm. Mm-hmm. I walk off. I'm in the kitchen. I hit the TV again. I'm like, what the hell? And I'm still not like, Walk out, turn it off. I turn it right when I turn around, I get to the doorway to the bedroom and it turns on. And that's when I got a little chill. I was like, what the fuck? And I looked at it, went back. You're probably going to have to beat me a lot. I'm sorry. I walked, <laughs> I don't know how to, I don't know how to speak to him. Um, so I walked back and I, I hit it again, turn it off. Right when I take my foot off, it turns, or my finger off, it turns back on. And it did this for a minute and something about it kind of made me laugh and chuckle. Like there was something very playful about it. And then it just stopped and then it would do it the next day. And then it wouldn't do it for a couple of days. And then it would play this game with me again. 
And I thought it was really weird. So um, I have a cousin who is a, uh, she's got no official title, man. She just sees stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> and talks to, she talks to dead people straight up. That's another really great story I have about her. But um, she housed that for me and didn't say anything to her because I'm the eternal skeptic. I never want to like paint the, the pool. I went to Brooklyn for a couple weeks. I came home. No, I called her and she goes, um, you got somebody living at your house. And she goes, like, she goes, yeah, there's an old lady that lives here and she's very grandmotherly and she's very playful. And I was like, well, is she dangerous? And she's like, no, she's not dangerous. So I kind of left it at that. And then, uh, I went to sleep <laughs> and this was crazy. Cause like, so we had, uh, we had, uh, three dogs. She took one, I kept two and the dogs didn't sleep in the room I was sleeping in. So I woke up one day and I looked at the floor and this was that thing I wrote to you about the spider. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I woke up and this one, since it only happened twice, I'll just say that it could have been hypnagogia, right? Mm-hmm. I'll leave this. I'll leave this one up in the air. But I know this. I was awake. <laughs> I woke up. I looked at the floor, and there's a big ass spider. And it was real enough that I got up, turned the lights on. I saw it again. I shut the door, and so I was like, I just had the thought, like, oh my god, I want this thing to get out of the house. You know, what about the dogs? I want the dogs to attack. He's also th- I felt like I was threatening. And so I was up on the bed, leaning down, trying to see it because it went under the bed. Oh. It didn't just disappear, man. That's why I'm like, what the hell? And then it happened a second time. And it wasn't, the spider didn't look any different. It was black, like furry, kind of, real weird. How big was it? I would say it was like, I would say like three feet, like three, like like diameter, like straight across, right? That's diameter, right? Circumference, diameter, yeah. Leg to leg. Three feet. Like. Big. Yeah. Real big. (laughs) I don't mind spiders, but a three foot spider. Right. But here's the thing. But in my mind, I'm not thinking, still, even right now, I'm telling you this and like doubting that it's hypnagogia. I still don't believe that it is a. Like you thought, like a blood and guts Bigfoot. I don't know that this was blood and guts, man. Yeah, sure. Like yeah. something, it's weird. Like you, like these these beings can like influence us in different ways. And like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. But um, was this during the same period? So are you still writing this album? Are you still doing right. the? Yep. So did you consciously know that you were writing songs? to you said to no one but you know it's it's to someone you don't know rather you said but did you did you consciously realize that at the time yes i felt like i thought it was just you know and it still could i mean i'm not saying it was anything that was just my intention Mm -hmm. was that i'm writing them to somebody i don't know and there's a piece of me that was like I, i was inventing this person in my head and like that I'm writing these songs about that I was having, that I'm having these experiences with this person that I don't know yet. Do you think in that sense you could have, you know, maybe created that person or some aspect of that person? In other words, you haunted yourself in a sense by writing these songs to someone who wasn't there. No, I think that, um, I mean, to get even weirder, I believe that there's a piece of me that, 
like the person I'm with right now is like, so is a person that a piece of me thinks that like, I kind of just <laughs> was, it was coming. Like, I don't believe that I believe, I don't necessarily believe in like a predetermined thing, but I believe there's timelines and there's several timelines. And when we change our consciousness, we put ourselves onto a new timeline. And I think that I, that that was part of it. What, what aspect was part of it? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not following the songs, the songs that like, I okay. Was, so they, 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 were, they were the sort of part of the process of you getting to that new, new mental space. Yeah. She just wasn't there yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's all like, not, you know, nothing like completely insane. Right. But the, um, the spider thing, I believe that, um, well, I'll go back to that when I get to the, to the, um, the house in Fort Lauderdale. So, um, I'm in the lineage of Tibetan Buddhism called Kagyu and I have a teacher and he lives in Gainesville. He still lives in Gainesville. (laughs) I wouldn't wouldn't want to besmirch his name by using it. (laughs) But if you live in the area in the Kagyu, like if you know where that is, then you know where I'm talking about. But, um, so he knew my, uh, my ex-wife and we were divorced. Everything was done. And so I was every Sunday and every Thursday because we were doing a practice called the medicine Buddha practice. And um, we were kind of studying it and whatever. And so um, I went to him and I go, <laughs> I was like, so we're divorced and uh, I had like all these plans or whatever. Because I don't know if you've ever been divorced. I have not. But <laughs> every time I've been divorced, Tim, <laughs> I uh, come, <laughs> come up with big plans of things I'm going to do. And this one was like, I'm going to build my own friend. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So he goes, you know what you ought to do? He goes, you should go up to the Catskills. Cause we have a, there's a monastery in Woodstock. He's like, you should go there and take your uh, empowerment to do this practice called Mundro. And I was like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go up to Woodstock. I'm going to start my Mundro practice and all this stuff. Instead, I took an art director job at an ad agency in downtown Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> so I went from my happy hippie college town <laughs> to downtown Fort Lauderdale, where I met a, uh, I ended up with a, a, a lady that was a Santero and uh, with a, a mean uh, cocaine issue. <laughs> so that's what I did instead. <laughs> yeah. Taking advice. And so I ended up uh, in Fort Lauderdale, uh, living in this duplex in a place called Wilton Manors. It's a very interesting town. <laughs> it's a gay city within Fort Lauderdale. I was working in an ad agency and bouncing in these clubs downtown. And I'm living in this house in Fort Lauderdale, and <laughs> it's a very tumultuous situation. She had two kids, uh, a 15-year-old and a 9-year-old. And the nine-year-old was autistic. And I had my shrine and all of my stuff kind of in a corner of this house, like in our bedroom, really. So I would come in and sometimes my pictures would be upside down. They'd all be upside down or they'd be stacked up face down. And that was really strange. And so I kind of just thought like, okay, this is the kid coming in and playing around. That's fine. And I'd fix it and whatever. Um, things would go missing in the house. 
the classic paranormal thing where like the stuff that the thing that you put in the same place all the time isn't there, you know, right, right. you haven't touched it and then it's there again. So kind of that stuff started happening. I found that every time I tried to sit in meditation, like I would get really quiet and then um, something or someone would touch my face. Like it would touch like my, um, my cheek and my hand. Like if you pick, take your hand and have like your palm face down and then you take your other hand and put it on top of it, it felt like that. And it was very creepy, um, impossible to sit. So that was not working for me. So I decided to, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Robert Monroe and Hemi Sink or anything. I didn't catch you after Robert Monroe. Uh, there's a thing that he developed called hemisync and it's hemispheric synchronization. And it's like a binaural auditory way of lighting up both hemispheres of the brain. And it's just a thing. No, I'm not, but I'm not familiar with it, but it sounds very interesting. It's so interesting. I highly recommend it. Um, so I did that, but every time I did it, I would feel like someone was touching my face and touching my hand, touching my face and touching my hand. And it got to where like, I couldn't sit quietly in the house. And there was peace in me that was like, so is this it? Like, I just stopped <laughs> meditation. I saw, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I, like, I just felt like this is getting a little crazy. Are you so, still meeting with a teacher at this point? No, he's up in Gainesville. Okay. I, I was ashamed, dude. I wasn't going to like, I didn't reach back out to him like for a while. So, so you're basically, I was like, uh, practicing by yourself at this point yeah just on my own like you know i mean you have your practices you do your things and it's like you do your homework every day it's right. like it's just stuff that keeps you like fit you know what i mean yeah no i, I was asking because i was wondering if you had you know mentioned this to your teacher and you know if, what he would say about it well no because i know that the the the, the view you know if you're an expert out there correct me if I'm wrong, but the view is this, is that there are demons, there are these beings that are trapped in Bardo state and they do interact with us. And just because they don't have a body doesn't mean they're intelligent. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right? So, like, for instance, when we do like a loom or like an empowerment or some sort of ceremony, uh, there's an offering that's made to the demons in the room and then the offering's taken outside. And sometimes when the offering's taken outside, like you can actually feel a change in the room. It's very odd. Like it's a pressure change. And if you've ever been around like a ghost, you feel that, you know what that is, that weird pressure that changes. It's hard to explain. It's not like head pressure or anything like that. Not for me. So, um, I know what he would say. It's just, you know, so he would, I know what he would tell me. He would say, you know, chant and pray and then like that. But, wasn't working. <laughs> so I'm living in this house. That's just going on. The boys start to talk about a man. I get goosebumps. Think is this is some weird stuff. They start talking about a man that lives in the closet in the back room. Right. And it's very scary. Like he's very scary and they won't tell us what he looks like and all this crazy. Shit. And I thought it was cause like, How old playing they weird. Uh, 15 and nine. So a 15-year-old is not one to kind of, you know, make up an imaginary friend kind of thing. 
No, and what he was doing was uh, he would actually play it down a lot in the beginning. That like the other kid was like, oh, he's just scared. So I'm gonna sleep in here with you guys and him. Mm. Uh-huh. And then I would sleep on the couch. <laughs> you know, like there's kids in this bed. Like get out of here. So I'd sleep on the sofa, and it was like that. Just that's just the way it was when they were when they because she had fifty fifty with her ex husband. So for seven days, I slept on the couch, and they just because they would not go in there anymore. I went in myself. I went in the closet. I didn't feel anything. Or like, but I'm not particularly. I'm not like a, you know. I see dead people person like my cousin, but like, I just went in there like, okay, what's up? Um, I didn't see anything that they thought could be a person, you know, like a hat rack or something, you know what I mean? Right. And coat rack or whatever. Anyway, so, um, this is happening and, uh, they're seeing this stuff and this is around, this is all kind of happening at at the same time. But what was really weird was when they started like really refusing to use that room, I started to feel, so I would sleep and I'd feel something pull on my toes, my big toes. Not at the same time, both of them, but like pull my left toe. And then later on, I'd wake up to something pulling my right toe. And that was disturbing. Um, it would keep me awake, <laughs> you know, because it was, it, was, it, it was very real. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. My we we I think that when we start talking about oh it was hypnagogia or it was my imagination I think that's the rational mind trying to find a place to put this really weird experience. Often, often, and and uh, you know, like I said, even I've said previously on other shows, and you know, Josh pointed it out, and I agree a thousand percent. Just because you can say something was hypnagogic or hypnopompic doesn't mean that it's not also paranormal, you know? Right. That's the, that's the thing I think people are understanding is the hypnagogic state is used to influence your reality. So why wouldn't things bleed through in that moment? Yeah, it seems to be an ideal time. You know, I mean, talk about your liminal spaces, you know? Right, right. Yes, liminal space. It's liminality in that moment. And... I, I believe that, that just, I, I hate to use the term, but the veil is thin in that moment. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my opinion. I'm not, I'm not an expert. I have no idea. Um, so this is happening. Uh, so the toe thing's weird. All right. So we had, I went back to, I left with two dogs, <laughs> right? The ex-wife took the third one. I moved in with this young lady. Well, she moved in with me and she brought another dog. And it was like a little Shiba Inu. You know, it looked like a fox, kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These dogs creep me out. <laughs> you know, dogs that, like, they don't have a white to their eyes. I just called his eyes little black holes of hate. Like, he just, <laughs> he just seemed like a little hateful. Uh, anyway. So. I'm just, I don't know if you watch Always Sunny, but there's my favorite. No. Is uh, when Charlie's doing the speech from Jaws. I don't know if you, you're familiar with that. Oh, when, no, but I know the speech from Jaws is like the, uh, I can't, I know what you're talking about, though, like the bloody eyes. Or, like eyes. a doll. Like a doll's eyes. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> a doll's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> this dog has those, those eyes, dude. And uh, he was supposed to sleep in a crate because I feel like I'm just rambling. Is this okay? You're doing fine. Good. Um, I'm hoping you can just edit it into a coherent that's that's Dang. what I do for for me and for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
for me and you. So the dog uh, is supposed to sleep in a crate. Um, this is around the same time I'm feeling things touching me during meditation. I'm feeling things touching me when I try to do any sort of like quieting of my mind, right? Anytime I get very still, I'm feeling these things. And it's keeping me from being still because I don't like it. And the kids are not sleeping in their room. Um, and then this dog. So this happened, I can't tell you how many times, man. And this was probably the most, it, it seems <laughs> like banal or, or not like a thing, but I'd wake up and the dog was sleeping either between my legs or like at the foot of the bed or something. And I'd wake up. I mean, the first time I saw it, I was like, dude, Bronson, he's supposed to be in a crate. I thought maybe I fell asleep. I didn't lock the cage crate all the way or whatever. So um, I was like, come on, let's go to the crate. And I get up and I'd walk behind his legs. He knew where his crate was and I'd follow him. And I can remember walking behind his curly little tail. And then we'd get to the crate and he was in the crate with the door locked. Hmm. And I'm following this dog through the house. And this happened. I can't tell you how many times. And, and here's the thing. Every time I woke up and saw it, there was this weird, like, freaky feeling of like, man, am I going to get to the, like, is this dog, like, you, I don't know if you've ever had something like that happen repeatedly. And like, you don't know if you should do it again. Like it's trapping you into this weird, like emotion, like it's controlling you. It knows that you can't resist that you have to go to that crate and you have to do this thing again. Wow. And it's, it was like this really like, it's, it felt sinister, man. And I don't think it's cause I had an issue with this dog's eyes. I think like, I think, <laughs> I think it legit was like, well, when I get to the end of like what happens here is I think something was messing with me. So this is happening. And then the real coup de gras was, um, at the time I was writing a book series with some friends and we had built toys around it and all this stuff. And at one point I had made uh, wooden toys and these wooden toys, the last ones I'd made were sitting on a shelf. And so if I'm facing East in this living room and there's about 10 feet of space behind me and then the front door and this shelf was next to the front door. So it would be behind me to my left kind of right. Farther to the left is a dining area and a kitchen. I am sitting in a recliner, staring at a TV facing east. This wall is behind me. The 15-year-old is in the kitchen washing dishes. There's nothing in particular on TV. No one is saying anything in particular. And those toys got flung. They weren't, it wasn't like a throw. It wasn't a toss. They didn't float. They didn't fly. They got flung off that shelf to the center of the living room, like, like just flung, like something put its arm on the shelf and just flung them. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And when it happened at me, like his eyes broke out of his head. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to use his name. Kid looked at me and uh, I kind of laughed and went, well, hello. Like that. Like, well, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that was bizarre. And so i stood over the toys for a second. I looked at them, put them back on the shelf. And I slammed the front door and they didn't budge, you know, cause I'm like, that was a bit much, you know? And so, um, after that, I started to really take notice of like how the house felt. Right. And I was, decided to sit in meditation 
any way and just feel whatever I was feeling. Mm-hmm. So if it touched me, it touched me. If it didn't, it didn't. And it did. And I just sat with it and it would come and it would go. And like, I didn't hear anything. I don't felt like I was given a thought form or some sort of a, you know, anything. So at this time, we're in the middle of a separation. Um, we were only married for like four months, I think. We, <laughs> we knew it was wrong. Hmm. So um, at that time, my cousin, the one that sees people, um, said, hey, um, there's gonna, this woman that I know is a medium. I think her name was Denise or something. Is going to be at my house. Do you want to come talk to her? I was like, yeah, totally. So I was telling my cousin about this. Oh, that was the other thing. My cousin, we went to Jersey to hang out with our family. And my cousin stayed in our house. And again, I didn't tell my cousin anything. I just needed a dog sitter. <laughs> and so uh, I call her to check on the dogs. And she goes, hey, something's going on in this house, dude. And I was like, yeah, I know. And uh, she goes, first of all, she goes, in your bedroom, this is what, okay, this ties into like some of my suspicions about what's happening here. She goes, in your bedroom, it sounds like a drunk woman screaming. And like I said, my ex had some issues, mm-hmm. and that was definitely happening in that room. Hmm. Um, so keep that in mind, right? Like it's right. intense. So the vibration, whatever's happening like that, how they think of like reality is like a magnetic tape. It was intense enough to stay there. Okay. And so then she mentioned the back room. She goes, and there's something in the back room that wants me to go back there, but it doesn't feel right. I'm not going. I was like, yeah, the boys have mentioned something back there. And um, she goes, yeah, man. She goes, you got to get out of this house. This is bad. So she goes, this place is bad. So, and that was when her, then I came home. Time goes back and she tells me her friend, this medium is at her house. So I show up and I'm like, with all of the kooky things <laughs> that I didn't cover between like all these events, right? I still am like, I'm not, I'm not skeptical. I'm not cynical, right? Cynicism is like, it hurts to believe it because it offends your description of reality. So you find everything in the world to crush it. That to me, that's cynicism, right? Mm-hmm. To be skeptical, I think is kind of, for me, I don't know if I'm using the word right, is to kind of not just like accept everything, you know, like I think everything should be looked at objectively and it should be examined. And, you know, the truth is an important thing. And I think that (laughs) we need to stay in touch with it or what seems to be true. Right. Mm -hmm. So I took it, I was very, I was skeptical. And so I came and she goes, Hey, if you have like an object, my dad had passed away and she was like, if you want to bring your dad's watch or something like, no, I'm just going to show up. And so I showed up, we go in this back room, my cousin's house. And, uh, she seemed like a nice, she wasn't weird. You know, she wasn't like airy, fairy, like goofy. Right. The only thing she did that was a little odd to me. Well, not odd, but she put a crystal under her leg. It's like a grounding stone. I was like, okay. So she, I, she goes, well, what is it you want to know? And I go, I want to know who's trying to talk to me. And she looked at me and like, it wasn't like a pleasant look. She's like a lot of people. She goes, a lot of people want to talk to you. And I was like, all right, let's, <laughs> you know, let's start with number one. Right. 
And she said that there's three voices. And she said, one of them is very strong. And she goes, it's evil. And I'm like, I'm getting chills talking about it. I was like, oh, hell no. And so uh, I was like, well, you know, who's, you know, who, who do you want to go to first? I was like, so she goes, it's your grandfather. And immediately I'm like, okay, everyone's grandfather's dead. This is a, this is some bullshit. I immediately started to kind of like doubt it. And, but so like all my reactions to everything she said, I kept them very subdued. I was like, Oh, okay. And she goes, he comes to you at night. And I was like, yeah, in my head, I'm like, of course he does. Hmm. And she goes, he's very unusual looking. And my grandfather was very unusual looking. Like we're built kind of the same. We're tall, we're broad. Um, he was bald headed and wore these glasses, but he always wore a light blue shirt, brown slacks and black shoes and suspenders. She described it, right? She was bald, had like sideburns and kind of not totally odd, but like not your average old man. And that he was very tall for his age because he died at like 98. He was my height. So he was like six, one, six, two. So she got my interest. She goes, he comes to you at night. She goes, he's the one that pulls on your feet. Hmm. And, uh, and I was like, oh, so, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, okay. And we just kind of let, like, I let it, I let it ride. I wasn't like, I didn't start asking questions every time she said, she said something. And, um, she said, he doesn't like this woman you're with. And this woman didn't know that like, I were in se- getting a separation. She is just, he doesn't like this woman you're with. He said, there's somebody that's coming after her that you need to spend time with and go slowly which was interesting i was like okay and then uh she said then the next person was um my spirit guide and so again like man even though she got this grandfather thing right you start talking about spirit guides i get a little like not doubtful but kind of i just i don't know i get curious and like not like a healthy way like in a really kind of i think you're crazy way now for, again, for everything that I believe and for everything I've experienced, there's certain things that trigger me, right? She said, she, she looks at me, she goes, do you ever meditate? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, that's when he comes to you. And I thought, again, you know, whatever. Uh, but then she described, she goes, he, he tries to get your attention, but you're not listening to him. And I kind of made a joke. I was like, well, I'm not hearing anything either. <laughs> And she goes, well, he touches you. So that was something, right? I thought that was odd. So let me put on a skeptic's hat. Go for it. Doesn't fit me, but I'll, I'll shove it on there. Um, <laughs> did your cousin know anything about what was going on with you that she could have related? No, no, absolutely not. So didn't tell her about the feet being pulled or any of that stuff. No, you are the first person that like, there's a handful of people in my life that I'll relate this stuff to at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you and like so a handful of people really close to me. But when this stuff was going on, my life and my opinion was so embarrassing because I was in this really dysfunctional situation after a 13 year dysfunctional situation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was embarrassing. So I didn't talk to people about my problems, which is probably not the right thing, but I wasn't talking to anybody, man. So it's not like your cousin could have re- relayed this information to this medium. No, no. And I definitely would have told like family how completely idiotic my life was. 
Yeah. Like it just, it, it wasn't just that, like the, the house was a tumultuous place. Like it wasn't a happy marriage. It wasn't a happy situation. It was very, very dark. So like, she didn't know about any of that, but I mean, the lady was right about my grandfather, which was interesting. Um, the to- the foot thing was interesting. Um, she never addressed the aunt, like the situation with the dog, but what she did say, so, all right. So she went, we went to my grandfather, which was interesting. She said some other stuff about the spirit guide that was on point, right. With stuff that like she couldn't have known, mm-hmm. um, about art actually, which is wild. Um, and she gave me the name, which I don't know. Um, it wasn't like little Bigfoot or something like that. It was like, it was like a, an American name. Hmm. Um, so, okay. And I go, well, what about this? There? She goes, well, she goes, the third voice has a message for you. I was like, okay, what is it? She goes, I want you to understand that it's coming from him and not me. I was like, okay. And she goes, I'm sick of this lady and her kids and this stupid pictures. <laughs> and like, dude, I'm right now, like my the hair, my the hair, on my shins is standing up right now. Like, yeah. I, like it was just so dark because she said it with so much like just venom, and it was like because this lady didn't know that I was that I had like these two kids running around the house and that she didn't know anything about my life, and she didn't, certainly didn't know about the pictures and stuff. And I go. And she goes, I don't want these kids. She goes, he doesn't, he doesn't want these kids in this room. And I don't want you in this house. And it was very like, like she said, it was like really aggressively. And so she told me that he was somebody who died in the home a really, in a really traumatic way. Like he had a horrible death, Mm. you know? And what was, what's interesting is that with my spiritual background, I understood that and I had a lot of compassion for him in that moment, but I also was a little frustrated because I felt like he had been like, he'd, he's been playing tricks, like the dog thing. I felt like it was just him being mean. I felt like it was him doing that. I felt like it was him moving things around, but then here's the deal. She didn't mention any of that stuff with him. Like he was just this person that was, that had died there and like left his body in a confused state. I mean, you guys think like if somebody has never in their life thought about soul, thought about consciousness of the mind traveling with the soul and that, or know anything about like a reincarnation or any of that, you die with confusion. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he died confused and he died in pain and he died in agony. So he's left there. Because his information, like I said before, like just because you lose your body doesn't mean you suddenly get a download of intelligence. Right, right. You know, he has no idea, man. And so there was that. Um, She left it at that. I went home that night and like I said, um, I told the guy, I was like, hey, we're leaving here. And I was like, I said some mean stuff to him. Like, I don't appreciate this. You know, you can some choice words. I went to a shower and it was really wild. It was actually winter down here, which is rare. It's more winter for us. is like a spring day for you. Mm-hmm. But, um, the, my first wife is from Pennsylvania. Um, 
the Wilkes-Barre, like Wyoming Valley area. So <laughs> I had all the windows open in the house. When I came out of the shower, the house was on, uh, the windows were all shut and the house was really hot. And I turned on the AC and that was like the last like instance I had with in that house. Like after that, we left like shortly after, but I wonder, you know, um, and real quick, what I think is great is when you mentioned that your friend had told you that if the things that were happening around Bigfoot happened in a home, you would call the poltergeist. Right. Um, so what I know about poltergeist activity is that it's kind of this energetic response to something that's happening in the house. And I know they mention a lot with like young girls and puberty and all these things, but like, I wonder how much of it had to do with, you know, her kind of emotional state, her like mm-hmm. really overreactive emotional state and like the drugs and alcohol weren't helping and, and you have a 15 year old kid. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Who knows, man? Like, I don't know. I don't know what that. Yeah. What that. Well, when the toys yeah. flew off the shelf, it was all of them at once. Not yep. just everyone. Yep. Wow. That's the other, yeah, that's the other thing. It wasn't one at a time. It wasn't like one of the toys. It was all of them. And it's like five. There's like five. There's these little wooden block toys. Mm. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's one of those situations where it's like, uh, you know, probably we could say maybe it's the combination of all those elements. At this point, I want to thank our patrons. Thank you so much, patrons. We could not do the show without your help, without your support. Strange Familiars is brought to you by our patrons. We don't get any other support at this time. We're hoping that changes. We're hoping to get moral some... support. <laughs> <laughs> We're hoping to get some sponsors upcoming. But if you like what we do and you'd like to support the show, you can become a patron at Patreon. That's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. We do extra shows every month. At least one full extra episode of Strange Familiars every month for our patrons. We try to do more. $3 a month gets you that extra content. If you go to Patreon, you can see other levels of support there. You can get artwork from me. You can get copies of my books, copies of my CDs. There's tons of different ways to support us through Patreon. Go ahead and check it out, patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. If you don't like the idea of a monthly subscription like Patreon, you can go to the show notes at strangefamiliars.com. Under every episode, you will find a paypal.me link where you can make a one-time donation. That, of course, helps a great deal as well. And everyone can help by sharing the show on social media, by liking and subscribing at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. I'm not sure what theirs is called. Whatever, <laughs> pod, <laughs> whatever podcatcher you listen to the show on. I use Himalaya. I, so whatever podcatcher you use, make sure to like and subscribe and leave us those nice five-star reviews because that helps get the show in front of new potential listeners. And now we will get back to the show.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But what's really interesting is when it comes to these things like, um, you know, the lights in the sky or, or uh, Bigfoot or uh, seeing elves or whatever it is, you know, all of these phenomena or gnomes or whatever you call it, there is like, so my reference point for all of this is through the lens of like Vedic literature and Buddhism. Right, the Vedas being like Upanishads, the Isola Upanishad, and like the Kata Upanishad, and uh, the Srimad Bhagavatam, the Bhagavad Gita, the Mahabharata, like all of this, like this pile of stuff, the Rig Veda. But the Srimad Bhagavatam has the most interesting things in it because it's considered the supplemental text to the Vedas. And <laughs> if you, um, <laughs> if your listeners that, that uh, fancy themselves readers, go ahead give it a shot. It's a lot, but it's worth it. Um, <laughs> it's several cantos and each canto has several chapters, but um, there's a whole chapter on like time keeping and uh, these other locas or planets and where these beings live, the Apsars, the Rashakas um, and all these different beings that when I read, when they mention like that the celestials gathered and watched this battle or whatever it was, like I kind of see that as like interdimensional beings that like come in and out of our plane, you know, and that they, they see these things and they witness these things. Mm -hmm. That's how I see it. So I, I kind of fall in line with the idea that um, <laughs> what's wild is that only until the last like three years, maybe I got into like, more occult like western occultism or and paranormal stuff and seeing it from that that particular lens you know yeah until then i didn't really like i know there was like the vedic flying machines and all that stuff but when it came to ufos and things i didn't really pay attention but um i think i mentioned to you that i'd seen lights here mm -hmm. yeah so <laughs> it's interesting man like you talk about you talk about like synchronicities sometimes you put your rabbits and stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. And and this and interesting about the it's like people that are into this kind of stuff, like the paranormal, they often it often gets written off like, well, well, you're looking for it. It's like, yeah, of course I'm looking for it. You see what you're looking for. Yeah, if if you're not looking so, for it, I mean Right. <laughs> if you stare at the sky long enough, you will see something. Some, Why? I mean, because it's out, it's out there. Sometimes something will come up and tap, you know, tap you on the shoulder. But for the most part, you know, you gotta you gotta pull the threads and you gotta you gotta follow things. Right. So, there. what's wild with the synchronicities that, like, for me lately, it's been uh, lights, right? Like, particularly white light. So, I'd mentioned to you some of my mother and those lights, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So. A long time ago, she mentioned in passing that she saw a UFO. And um, 
it was at like a, it was like at Thanksgiving. We all kind of chuckled, and I was like, "Do you believe in, in aliens?" And she goes, "No." I was like, "What'd you see?" You know, and she's like, "I don't know." And like, we kind of left it alone. So I started having these. Um, <laughs> I remember, I, okay, so I was listening to uh, Hermes Trismegistus <laughs> on my phone, like you do at the gym, and uh, I'm at the gym listening to this. And right when he said light, I was watching a movie and. Right when I looked up, well, I wasn't watching, but the movie was playing on the TV. Right when I looked up, I think it was that movie Suicide, something like Will Smith and like Suicide Squad. Okay. I, I know of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it, but it was on. And um, around his collar on his shirt, I don't know why it says, it's something by the light or something light. I was like, oh, weird. Ha Synchronicity. And I left it at that, right? Then... Um, <laughs> I was sitting in uh, a meditate with um, a group of elderly ladies. <laughs> I told me more, but I used to sit with them a lot. They had all kind of come up in the same ashram. And um, I had this moment where we'd just gotten quiet, right? And I had this, like, I could see this, like, I could, like, I'm sitting up, right? But in front of my, in my field of vision, there is, a, um, like, water, right? and like water plants and there's a light and it looks like the sun maybe, you know, like the sun shining off the water. And for some reason, something in me was like, Oh, that's me. And so when I went closer to it, the light got brighter. I opened my eyes real quick, like, Whoa, that was wild. You know, and it happened like right when I shut my eyes. So it wasn't like I'd sit as my eyes shut for a while. And for some reason after that, I decided to ask my mom about, her experience with that UFO or whatever, right? Because mm-hmm. I started to wonder, like, you know, because the synchronicity thing is that, like, you make something out of it. You start following the thread, right? You start making sense of it. And if it, if it makes you more conscious of something, that you get something out of it, well, then great. Right. But it's not, I think the problem with a lot of people, they try to turn everything into a mystical experience. It's just, it's not all that. Sometimes it's just, life is weird. You know, so I asked my mom about that, and uh, she goes, <laughs> she's like, my mom's 83, and she goes, well, we were going to a baby shower, me and Lorraine, and there's a road here, A1A, that goes along the oceans, we're along the beach road, and uh, man, this light came down, and uh, it was huge, and it was huge, it was white. And I go, like a spotlight? <clears throat> like, was it shining down? She goes, no, 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 it came down. And I'm like, so what did you do? She goes, well, I, I sped up. I was like, you drove at it? She goes, yeah. I'm like, hold on, hold on. Where was the light? <laughs> like, what the hell are you talking about? I go, so you're going north in the right-hand lane, and the light was where? She goes, it was over the left-hand lane. And she said it came down and just hovered over the, uh, over the road. And I go, so how big was it? And she goes, well, it was like nine feet tall, and then it was about as wide as my car. So it was like, so it was like a vertical light, just like a ball of light. And she goes, yeah. And she goes, you know what? She goes, Lorraine was there. We should call Lorraine. I was like, yes, let's call Lorraine. Holy shit. <laughs> so like, let's really get into this. So she calls Lorraine and they're talking. She's got on a speakerphone. They're like, yeah, 
And what's hilarious about this, we're talking about, Tim, if you and I are driving down the road and we see a light and we talk about it 50 years down the road, I don't care where we were going, man. They kept talking about the baby shower. <laughs> and I'm trying to bring him back. I'm like, no, no, hold on. Okay, who cares what the baby shower is? My mom's like, I was afraid we were going to be late. Weren't you, Lorraine? Yes, I was. I'm like, late? <laughs> like, late? Like, you weren't afraid of getting sucked up into Mars? Like, we, <laughs> we talking about late. And uh, so uh, she described it to me, and, and the lady, got, Lorraine, said that it was like, it looked like one of the lights from when you see, like, a rocket go up. And I was like, oh, so it was moving. And they're like, nope, it was right over the road. I, see, I said, so it was touching the road. And they're like, nope, it was hovering over the road. And I thought, man, that's really weird. That, that's strange. I thought it was very strange. And so um, I was like, uh, we kind of ended the call. We're hanging out. I was like, that's really weird, Mom. I go, what do you think that was? She goes, I have no idea. And she goes, it really bothers me to talk about it. Hmm. And this is what was interesting. I go, I go, what do you mean it bothers you? She goes, it scares me. And I said, did something happen? And she goes, no. But she goes, I don't know what to think of it. And that's, again, like, I think that when our ego, our concept, um, when our rational mind hits something that doesn't make sense, we really struggle with it. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Some, people's, some people's brain will not allow them to put it like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, their brain doesn't allow them. And it's like, even when we were just talking in the beginning, I was afraid to say Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, like, uh. And what's funny is for all the stuff that, that I was talking about, that's the weirdest thing for me to say. And that's a trained response that I've learned through pop culture to just not, you know, it's my training. It's my domestication. Right, right. So, anyways, right. So this light thing was weird, and my mom goes, "This is what's crazy, man." She goes, "You know, it was it was it was like the other time it happened, or something like that." I'm like, "What?" She goes, "Yeah, it happened another time," and I'm like, "Oh my god!" I just start laughing. I'm like, "What? What were you? When were you going to say any of this to me?" And she was like, "It's just that's when she was like, it just really freaks me out." And so I, again, like trying to squeeze water out of a rock is to get an 83-year-old to talk about the time she saw a light. And she goes, well, it could have been someone throwing a flashlight over the road. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, well, I was out, there's a stretch of road. She used to live out in the middle of nowhere with my dad. And she was driving uh, around 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night. It was in the winter, so it was cold. So it was, it was, uh, it was dark early. She's driving along, and she goes, there's, there's marsh on both sides of the road, right? It's a two-lane road. There's marsh on either side. Um, and so she's like, I was driving, and it just, it just, you know, like someone threw a light over the road. And I thought, I was like, what do you mean threw a light? Like it was just a little, like, like you saw a flashlight? She's like, no. I go, well, how big was it? She goes, well, it's about the size of my car. <laughs> like, what the hell? Flashlight the size of your car? The size of And I'm like, I looked at her. She started laughing. I was like, you know, this makes no sense, right? She goes, I just don't know what to think. 
And uh, so trying to get my very mathematical mother to just stop trying to put parameters on things and to just speak freely isn't, it's almost impossible. Mm-hmm. And anyway, like, so what it came down to is that this thing came down over her car, like down from up high and then down over her car and then landed again on the other side of the road and hovered over the road. So not distant like to, to the other time she saw. No, man. And here I am having like that moment during meditation and then all these like, so I'm, I'm just, that's my little synchronicity lately is like light. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it means. I don't know where it's going, but it keeps popping up. So I'm kind of paying attention to that right now. Like what's that about? Like, what are we doing with this? Right. Yeah. And I've had uh, some other weird light things like during meditation, which isn't odd for people. But it's just interesting. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just interesting. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what else I put on that list, man. It's inside uh, of my computer. You had a recent UFO sighting, you said. Yes. Okay. That's right. So I'm at, um, I'm on like uh, US1 and uh, it's like, um, it's dark out, probably like 930 or something. And it's not a, a really large uh, main road here. Uh, it's kind of crowded where I live in this little town. Um, I live in Lake Worth. And I just left a 7-Eleven. I'm at a stoplight um, at a four-way stop. Um, again, like, I, just, I just look up all the time, right? That's, that's kind of anyone that's into this stuff. Like if you want to see something, you have to put your eyes where the thing is and wait. It's like, if you want to see Sasquatch, you got to go into the woods, man. Mm-hmm. You got to do things. So I just, I'm constantly looking up and I saw <laughs> two white, like I'll call them discs because they were round and flat. And they were, they were not like lights, like a tungsten light or like a spotlight, how it like puts light other places, how it spreads light out, you know? Right. Like how a flashlight is like a cone that it's, it's showing light. Right. Yeah. Um, but they were just, it was like just white. I don't want to call it a glow because it was like a light. It wasn't glowing, but there are two of them moving really slowly. And they came from uh, not behind the 7-Eleven, but like they were like back too far. So it was kind of emerging from over it. And I out loud was like, what the, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and it went over me and I was looking around at the other cars. Like, did anybody else just see that? And when I looked to the right, like I started looking, like I had my head down trying to see, and I didn't see anything after that. But um, I Googled like UFO sighting Florida on that date or whatever. And apparently there was another one, like not the same type of sighting, but somewhere up the coast that they said was a, um, a rocket or something. Cause I guess Cape Canaveral was up there. So I don't know if that obviously wasn't it, but that was the only thing I found. I don't know, man. See, I um, wonder, I, fl- I, I play with that you. idea. I don't know. I, mean, I play with that like, the, like the psychic end of this, like how much of this is real and how much of it is like, like the dog thing, right? In the house, I don't believe that that was not hypnagogia. It just wasn't. Mm-hmm. I I believe that there was something energetically creating. Like why that? You know, 
Yeah, like, I, did I cre- did I create that with my own frustration and my own like? It was such a mundane thing, right? The dog wasn't like glowing. It wasn't flying. It wasn't. It was just normal everyday stuff. Uh, yeah, I, 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 unfortunately, I don't have very many answers. I, you know, absolutely love yeah. stuff, but that house, you know, has so much going on that, uh, you yeah. know, like like we said before, I think it's that's just that that volatile mix of energies, you know, that that was happening there. Now, was it the the dude in the closet who was able to, you know, mess with you by using the dog in some way? I don't know. You know, I don't. That's that seems like beyond a ghost in a sense. You know what I mean? Well, I, I wondered, like, I, I haven't, well, no, I guess if you look at, like, the, um, I do, dude, I do my homework. I read a lot. And when I want to know something, I really dive in. But the um, several poltergeist cases kind of come with, like, entities that are haunting it. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing kind of gets kicked off by some sort of, volatile energy in the house mm-hmm. you know and i don't know that like because that seems like a dumb thing for him to torment me with is like putting the dog in the crate right <laughs> that's really stupid considering what he did to the pictures on the shrine <laughs> right. what he did with the toys like why the dog you know i don't know but i don't know man it's really strange though maybe um, the dog was just by locating as a, as a saintly dog he was by locating that dog was not a saint. <laughs> that dog. Oh no, it's crazy. That's right. That little dog chewed up. Like uh, so, when I took refuge in, in Buddhism, when you take initiations, so you take refuge, right? And when I took refuge, I had these prayer beads that were made of bodhi seeds, and they're like, they're the, they're the, there was the mala that like this is the mala that I start my journey with, right? And the dog just shredded it, <laughs> just chewed it up, and I was like, well, there's a lesson in impermanence. Yeah. Thank so. you. <laughs> nothing is sacred nothing is safe it's all just garbage (laughs) you gotta get rid of it one day here we are yeah that was really funny (laughs) so but have you in in any of your pursuits with you know these eastern mystical pursuits have you asked any of your teachers about this kind of stuff this kind of you know what we in the west would call paranormal stuff i know you said okay yeah, so um, when uh, when I was spending a lot of time with the Hare Krishnas, um, the person that I was kind of spending a lot of time with was a guy, um, I won't use his name, he's actually a pretty well-known uh, Kirtanwala and easily Googleable, right? I remember one time asking him, because you read these stories, like the, the Ramayana, and if you've ever, are you familiar with any of this stuff? Only maybe very, very briefly in passing. Like, Well, you've seen pictures of like the monkey god Hanuman, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, he kind of represents um, uh, being of service to others and in turn essentially service to God because we are all part and parcel of the thing, whatever it is, conscious or unconscious. Um, and Hanuman... Uh, <laughs> is obviously uh, plays a role in this uh, tale called the Ramayana and he has magical powers. He, uh, one of the best lines from it is King Ram is an avatar of God in the story. This is just a fun little thing, but, uh, Ram asks Hanuman monkey, what am I to you? 
And Hanuman says, when I forget who I am, I am your servant. When I remember who I am, I am you. Mm. Which I love that line so good. Yeah. Um, but when I ask, hey, so when I read things like the Ramayana, like, do you think that's real? Like, was Hanuman like a, like a thing? You know, was this really happening? And he goes, because one of the reasons I picked him, I, I sought this guy out, first of all. I saw him on YouTube doing a Japa meditation seminar retreat thing. And I sought this guy out. And for some reason, it turned out he was living uh, in Alachua, in Gainesville. Uh, that is actually the largest congregation of Hare Krishna in North America. And it turns out he was living. I met him at a Home Depot. I was like, hey, can we meet up? Can we talk? I just have questions. Um, that's how I, I, I don't want to read the book about the thing. I want to read the, the actual book and I want to talk to the people that actually know, you know, I'm not going on YouTube waiting for some, like, you know, trying to sort through that stuff. Right. Um, this is actually, what's it YouTube? It's a thing called Krishna tube. I'm not even joking. It's like YouTube, but it's all high. <laughs> anyway, they have a lot of their own thing, man. It's wild. But he goes, I said, so what do you make of Hanuman? And like, you know, there's also in the same story, there's Jambavan, who was like the bear king, like a talking bear and a talking monkey. And like, they're all warriors and it's this intense thing. And he goes, well, he goes at one point during a different uh, yuga, like you have the call, we're in the, because probably we're in the Kali yuga right now, like the age of like lies and deceit and underhandedness. And these other yugas, like, you know, animals were smarter. And we were smarter too. And so I didn't, I'm not going to challenge him on it. It's obviously like, you know, his thing. And uh, it was like, okay, so I guess monkeys were smarter and they could fly. I don't know, man. Um, but he was also a son of the wind god. It's all, it's all an allegory, but that was his response was that like at one point we were smarter people. And when you get into like, you know, uh, like these Vedic flying machines, you know, that we always hear about, like people that are into UFOs always bring up, they always bring up the Vedas having never read any of them. (laughs) (laughs) And the the Vedic flying machines, which honestly, they get brought up like very, like briefly, uh, was like, they had nuclear weapons. It's really funny because if you, if you ever have a subscription to Gaia, half the documentaries on this thing mention this stuff and you know, they haven't read it. <laughs> they saw another guy that said a thing and they grabbed a hold of it. But the, the, from what I understand, the Nazis, when they came up with the turbine or the jet engine, they used this like idea of how it worked to develop it. But what you do when you read it is that you do see that there is a technology being talked about that is far, far out far greater than what you were dealing with at that time which is very interesting to look uh-huh. at uh-huh. The, the descriptions that they give you know of turning the ground to glass that's that's weird man right yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> um but yeah but within buddhism um though there are like within tibetan buddhism which tends to be the more like mystical and like kind of in my opinion the darker uh there's Vajrayana, Mahayana, and Hemayana, and the Vajrayana within Tibetan Buddhism is, it's got a lot of dark stuff happening. Um, but when you, meant, like, if I were to mention these things to my teacher, he would just, it's all phenomena. You know, it's all just something else to let go of. Mm. It's all just, 
something to distract you. Like for instance, we meditate with our eyes open and it's because you get lost in the picture shown back your eyelids. And that's not the point of meditation. The point of meditation is that when you're at CVS and that lady unfurls the coupon booklet with millions of coupons and she has a cart full of things and you just want a bottle of water, you know, that you don't lose your mind. <laughs> and it's that moment you're kind of quiet. Like, okay, this too, you know, that you go to the funeral and you keep it together, you know, that you do understand that this is all just like moving particles that, you know, the only reason we don't walk through walls is because we believe it exists. You know, like it's, it's a very interesting, but when it comes to like all that stuff, you would just call it phenomenal. You interesting. Know, just, just phenomenal. Kind of just take it in stride then. Yeah. It's just, I mean, that's how I see a lot of this stuff, man. Like if it doesn't, you know, we're in a really weird egoic time when you look at like social media and spirituality and all these things We're it's all very self-centered. Uh, I want to feel good. And I don't, you know, it's like when I, when I've, when I talk at like, a yoga center, you know, and you ask somebody what they want out of this, like a meditative practice, they teach meditation. Um, <laughs> the response is like, well, I just want to be more present. It's like, well, do you want to be present? Do I want to be present to abundance and love? And my answer is always like, well, what about the funeral? Like, what about the day that it all falls apart? Cause it's going to fall apart. Like, are you going to be present for that? Are you going to run out and find this thing that makes you feel good? That makes you feel special. And I think, a lot of times when it comes to paranormal stuff, people want to feel special. And so that's, it's, it gets kind of egoic, but really all, it is all just phenomena, right? I mean, it's just, it's fun and it's interesting. Yeah. It's I fun mean, and it's interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah. But I do believe there's answers in it. I believe that like what it has given me over the years, if I sit and think about it, it has definitely told me that reality is not what it looks like. Yeah. It's very different. And that it can be played with. It is malleable. And there are other things at hand here other than what the popular culture's told us is like what's happening. That's the benefit of it mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly easy to get lost in that ego yeah. half of it where, ooh, you know, if I do this, then I get this back, you know? Yeah. I can get a reaction if I leave this. Uh, trust me, I, I, I know that very, very well. Uh, yeah. But it's uh, so interesting. It's the other, the other part of it. It's so yeah. compelling. It's so compelling that it's hard to, for me, it's hard to just let it go as, yeah, it's just something that happens. You know? Right. It's, me too. Me too, man. Because there is that, I guess, like you said, there is that, sort of lesson behind it that there's more to life than than what we're doing on the day-to-day -day here yeah i'm here i'm here i'm here like i want like i don't it's not necessarily that i like need to know that i'm gonna fall apart if i don't know but like it's it'd be fun mm -hmm. you know i think like when these these tapes that are now coming out with the navy and these these what do they call them advanced anonymous whatever the ufos right that's very interesting to me and not just because, not like, well, see, they've been hiding all along. Not that, of course they have. They're trying to hold all of society together, and they're scared just like you're scared. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're human yeah. beings. 
yeah. with a job that involves like in their minds holding all of society together. So no, they don't tell you everything. Exactly. They don't know everything you know? though. They don't. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. They don't they have no idea. And, That's what people and, have to understand. There's no security clearance that you're going to get that's going to be high enough to get you all the answers. No, no, no. You know, it's, it's, and, and so when it comes to like the fact that the, the, what I love about this is what's funny. Cause like, uh, my girlfriend and I were, were cut from very much the same wacky cloth, but it's like, we're both in the same swimming pool, but she's cool with a floaty in the shallow end. And I'm like down at the bottom, taking the drain apart in the deep and like, what's this thing, you know? <laughs> But she, but she, she's there with me, right? But and and so we kind of like check each other, and she's like, "Well, you know, now what?" Like, and I was like, "I'll tell you what, all of reality is going to come unraveled, and I'm going to laugh my ass off." Hmm. That's what. That's what. Like, I want. Like, like, yeah, I would love for everyone's beliefs to get called into question. We find out none of it's the way it's supposed to be, and everything just gets called. Like, everything's called into question. I would love that. I think that's. that's Unfortunately, I, I think that's uh, that's what's waiting for us on the other side. <laughs> I really, yeah. I mean, I would love there to be white light and comfort, and you know, everyone you've ever known, and lovely feelings and all that. But I, I think there's going to be a lot of question marks. That's what we're going to end up with. What's crazy? What's what's really interesting is when you think of that, like it, that's like when you really dive into like. Uh, like the word Vedas means like knowledge and science or something. When you really dive into it, there's people out there that over thousands and thousands and thousands of years have, cre- have created somewhat of a science that you can't apply logic to this thing. And when it's the idea that like, you think of like a soul that transmigrates and, and takes on different bodies and, and kind of brings its own mind with it. But then in Buddhism, consciousness, the belief is that consciousness splits that my soul, if you want to call that, is running programs, if you will, human bodies, multiples at one time. Hmm. So when it comes to past lives, is it the past or is it like some of them are the past, some of them are happening now? Because I've definitely had uh, experiences with, with you know, what some might consider past life. And I, I don't know what it was or what it is and what it continues to happen, but like, this the idea of like mother, father, aunt, and uncle is a relative identity. It's only relative. It doesn't exist outside of this. Like your identity as podcast host only exists within this. You right. sit down at dinner with your kids. You're not Tim the podcast host. You go to the grocery store. You're That's not Tim where the you're host. wrong. When I look at my, when I look my at my kids girlfriend, never let me forget. <laughs> hey, hey, when I come home, I, I say that to, to clients all the time. Like, you know, my, my identity for you right now is like someone who's facilitating this. It's only relative, but I'm like, but like the reality, when I go home, if I were to look at my girlfriend and go, so um, how does that make you feel? She's very quick to remind me that I am not at work. She is not a client. And <laughs> you know, like, that is not like, we're not going there right now. Yeah. But yeah, these things are relative. So like, why would I still be your aunt on the other side? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully like you've gotten to a place where like when you do drop the body, you're not that much attached to that or your identity. So that you do, do get to like float off into the ether and like do whatever you want. 
instead of being like bound to a house in Wilton Manors in Fort Lauderdale and you can't leave and you got to get these kids out of this room. <laughs> right. You know, like <laughs> that's the worst part about it, man. Like that's oh. the terror of it. <laughs> I think we got super heavy there. I don't know uh, if, if, how many people are following along with us, but I think we're going to leave it there. Keith, thank you so much okay. for sharing your stories. Yeah, man. All right. Adios. Have a good night. See you, man. You know what I really like about having the entire universe potentially help you figure out photo mysteries? It's that other people know other places, other languages, other years of cars, and <laughs> So if you're if you're breeds of dogs breeds of dogs that's one I really struggle with, <laughs> and they'll let you know. Oh yeah, and so people are usually on eBay. They just sort of send you a tisk tisk messages like you said that car was from 1930 and it's from 1933, and I understand that impetus to correct to the absolute, but so we had a, a but we really, got a, a really kind message yeah <laughs> through Etsy. About our photo of the week for last week. Last week's photo of the week, the graveside morning photo, we thought maybe from Greece. It was from Lithuania. That was my second choice. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> Lena P. wrote and told us that the back reads, Mother's Grave, Cross, and Relatives. That's what it says on the back. It's the grave of a 63-year-old woman whose name I will not attempt to pronounce. That's wise. But Lena knew her name. She actually said she found her on Ancestry. And she died in 1926. So your estimate on the age of the photo was absolutely correct. I think you said 1920s. The photo poster. Actually, you could see 1926 on the part of the photo. Oh, could you? Well, then it was not an estimate. But uh, Lena then purchased the photo as well. So she gave it a great home. Oh, yeah. That always makes me feel a lot better, too, when it goes just where it should be. Exactly. So somebody can appreciate it. Thank you so much for that. And this week's photo of the week pretty cool this one is for josh cutchin and actually i feel like this the the figure on the right is a time traveling version of josh as a young josh a young josh it in... looks nothing like him no but... it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> this is a cabinet card which makes it about what age mm, uh, late 1800s of two children dressed as fairies and they're kind of dark fairies too they do they've got some um some puckish kind of dark fairy vibe. That's some dark tool. That's not your your normal light colored tool. Oh, you mean like T U L L E? Did I pronounce it wrong? No, that's right. But I was just like, I, was I know like, you look at me like, what the heck? I was are you like, is about? that like a word the kids are using? That, like, like no, can we it's, stay, it's, like it's dark. F- it's dark tool. It's, yeah, it's not your normal uh, ballerina light like color pink. tool. No, no, no. no they're is... in dark costumes and they have sort of like either worried or sad looks on their faces. Well, I think I had that in a dance costume picture too, but they have little wings and um, dark tights. Yes, it's just, a boy and a girl. A boy and a girl in dance costumes would, made to look like dark fairies. They, eat, I think they even have like some head gear on that's made to look like little... Um, Almost like, if not wings, like little antennae or something. It's a boy and a girl in tights. and. So late 1800s cabinet card photo of some children dressed as fairies. And it's from uh, a town which I always struggle to say, Oneonta, New, New York. York. Sarai can correct me on my pronunciation. <laughs> and I will not. 
This photo, the image, you can see at strangefamiliars.com under the show notes for this episode. You can also find it in our Lost Grave Etsy shop. It will be for sale $60 plus postage to you. Gets this amazing photograph if you're into fairies. Fae children. This is pretty cool. Check it out. Strange Familiars Photo of the Week, Fairy Children. This has been a great success so far, so hoping to continue. We'll be back every week with another photo, at least for the foreseeable future. Sad we only have 10,000 weeks left. <laughs> but that's not true, because you buy new photos every week. <laughs> I buy week. new photos every <laughs> week. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like I said, we have some other stuff coming up. I have some stuff that's... I have some hanged people. Not lynched. No, hanged people. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if we're allowed to sell those on Etsy or not. So they might be an off Etsy sale. Mm -hmm. I might just sell them direct to people because those are pretty dark. Those are pretty heavy photos. Definitely creepy stuff. And we have some creepy clowns. And I'm trying to think what else we have coming up. We have a huge variety of, of photos yeah, of and if oddities. Yeah, and besides oddities, if you just like a certain kind of dog or a car or person, if you collect old people, if you collect babies, if you collect dead people, if you collect... Um, if you'd like to start to collect any of those, I could oh, set yeah, you with exactly. a starter set. If you just want... I could make up a, you know, if you just want a collection of every single format of photography, I can give you a daguerreotype, an ambrotype, a tintype, a CDV, cabinet card. Photo nerds will want me to include salt prints and uh, <laughs> obscure things. but <laughs> Gem tintypes. Yeah, gem tintypes. We can do um, cyanotypes. Or if you're looking for, some people collect by towns and cities. Yeah, I do that a lot. Um, stereo view images of, you know, obscure towns in the Midwest. Basically, every local photographer had some association with somebody who would make a stereo view. So it's it's not impossible to find one of a location you think is not huge. Right. So, yeah, whatever you're into, if you're looking for something old photograph-wise, contact us. We can probably get it for you. Or know who has it. Exactly. <laughs> Yes. Strange Familiars Photo of the Week, Fairy Children. Check it out, strangefamiliars.com, under the show notes. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will be back soon with another episode of Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more. Darkhollerarts.com. Intro and background music is by Stonebreath. You can find more at stonebreath.bandcamp.com. You can find Strange Familiars on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars, where you can also join the Strange Familiars Gathering Group. And we are on Instagram, at strangefamiliars. The following Flannel Man encounter was submitted to Monsters Among Us podcast. You may have heard Allison and I on Monsters Among Us last week. It was... Season 8, Episode 19 of Monsters Among Us, where we talked a little bit about Flannel Man, and this account was played as well. We're replaying it here with permission from Monsters Among Us. We'd like to thank Derek and Monsters Among Us for allowing us to share this with Strange Familiars listeners as well. Make sure to check out Monsters Among Us. You can find them at monstersamonguspodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.
Hey, Derek. My name is Eric. I am calling from Michigan. Uh, this story took place in probably around 2004 in Livonia, Michigan. There was a place called Ardmore Center, which is an abandoned uh, mental institution or whatever whatever it was. And me and my friends used to go break into it, and it was shaped like an L. So the bottom of the L would be facing the road. So once you get across the road, you'd really quick run across, and then you'd be behind the bottom of the L, so you would be blocked from the road. And on two occasions, uh, we had the first one, it, it like had a light snowing, and we kept hearing it sounded like footsteps in this like wet snow. And so we went out and looked, and there was footsteps that stopped in the middle of the field, and there was all woods around it. Uh, the second time we went and me and my buddy were walking up to this window and it was kind of like a ground floor window. Uh, like it was, you know, on the ground and then three foot up. But the inside was like four foot down. So it was like a half submerged. It was a hallway of some sort. And we were walking up with flashlights and this guy with a flannel shirt just comes walking across the hallway. Didn't even look at our flashlights, didn't acknowledge us. And my buddy was in front of me and he immediately like shot up and looked back at me and goes and mouth the words like WTF. And I was like, dude, I saw that. Well then his brother was looking up in one of the windows and said he saw some bouncing light in the windows at the same time. And we kind of got the chills. I went in there with other friends, and I got lost in there. Couldn't get signal reception. And then I think the last time we got stopped by the cops, and he kind of just was like, get out of here. You know, He could see that we didn't have like spray paint. We weren't trying to vandalize anything. We were just looking. So we started to ask him, and I was like, have you had anything scary happen to you? And he was like, well, I've had to search a few of you out of there because for some reason signal you don't get reception in there and so I've had to go in and search out but then he put his hand on his gun and he goes but luckily I got this so he was kind of weirded out by the whole situation I just thought it was funny I've been hearing about the flannel man a lot and uh, that's exactly what we saw was a dude wearing flannel with a big beard and it was cold and he just walked right by us in this like lower level through the window and both of us saw it but it was almost it wasn't like a real person it was like you could see through it's really hard to explain it was just a really weird experience and both of us saw it at the same time so it wasn't just me it was somebody else but that place has since been taken down and there's a subdivision there now but it was called Ardmore Center in Livonia, Michigan and we went to a lot of other places, so I have other stories, but I'll leave it there for now. And I enjoy your show very much. Thanks for letting me call. Bye.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.